Welcome back, Literary Slummers, to another episode of Shelf Aware, the podcast where we are reading books outside of our comfort zones. I'm Anna. And I'm Em. This week on the podcast, we're starting a new literary slimited unit from uh, listener slash friend slash TTRPG player, Anna. But mostly um, friend. <laughs> <laughs> um, which she suggested that we read sad girl books. Mm-hmm. Um, and having read this one, I feel like I know a key ingredient to the vibe which we'll get into, but um, she defined them as books in which, um, like, it's YA, sad stuff slash traumatic stuff happens, there is romance, and the ending is happy, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So she specifically said we should check out Sarah Dessen, which I have read some of Sarah Dessen's books before, including, I think, this one, after having reread it. Um, I would say, in general, they left about that much of an impact on me to where I cannot recall if I've read it or not after reading the synopsis. This one feels a little Um, regrettable or not regrettable, forgettable. Sorry. Well, well, you know, (laughs) I meant to say forgettable, but Freudian slip. (laughs) Uh, But Anna, you have not read any Sarah Dessen, correct? No. Yeah. When I was of the age that this would have been more appropriate for me to read, I was very much into like, ew, contemporaries. Why would I ever read that when fantasy exists? And, Mm -hmm. you know, I still kind of am that way today, but I, uh, you know, I make an exception for romance novels. I definitely was a sad girl book reader in general. I feel mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. there that fits are the image of I you. Know, shut up. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like a, another way that I would conceptualize these books now might be like issues books. Yeah, 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 yeah. A book that has something to say. Yes. And Mm -hmm. is it something I agree with? Not always. Um, But also, as Hannah pointed out, I think this is separate from the typical issues book because there is romance involved, which isn't necessarily a prerequisite for all issues books, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I also think an important thing that would codify a sad girl book is that it has to be written in past tense. Yeah, first person first person past tense because it gives it that like I remember the summer of 1982 sort of vibe you know of like everything turns out okay in the end but man were we going through it at the time mildly happier woman thinks back on the thing that changed it all for her Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah versus like a lot of contemporary YA that is in present tense I think doesn't necessarily fall into this like melange of sadness you know yeah yeah I agree I think uh I feel like and and again I don't I don't read a lot of YA contemporary so maybe I'm Mm -hmm. off the mark on this but like you just don't get these these type of books as often these days this does feel very 90s, early aughts Absolutely. to me, but that might be because that's when I was an appropriate age to be reading these types of books. Yeah, yeah. And it's not, <laughs> like, I do think that as much as I'm, like, in general, anyone can read YA who wants to read YA, I do find that these sorts of sad girls books do appeal more to the age that mm-hmm. they're written for, right? Like, mm-hmm. because these are problems that a teenager would have. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I the whole time reading this, I was like, "This is you're being dumb." I was like, "Give it two years." That it's fine. Just give it two years. Yeah. Just give it. Just give it some time. Wait until your your brain fully develops. Mm -hmm. Everything will be a lot better. Um, but at the same time, I know that that's not what 
you know, that's not helpful to the people reading or experiencing this, right? It's just as an adult, yeah. Going back and reading this specific type of YA novel is very trying. Very, yes. (laughs) Um, I did find, though, and this is kind of getting into something I hinted at to you off of the podcast, Mm -hmm. a lot of times when I go back and read YA, I empathize more with the adult characters than I did when mm-hmm. I was a mm-hmm. YA. Mm-hmm. Um, not in this case. Hated no. hated the parents a lot. Yeah. All of them pretty much across the board. Haley Terrible. did some things wrong, but most things not wrong. Most Haley things not wrong and just got wrong. yelled at a lot. And it, it was just very yeah. upsetting for me um, to have yeah. to read. Like the feeling, it, it instills the feeling of being powerless very well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I don't. I, I'm discovering I don't like reading that, <laughs> turns out, mm. for some reason. Yeah, yeah. The the uh, authenticity of the teenage angst mm-hmm. in this was very good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Despite like the fact, so I did, I did have to message Hannah about this. I was like, this book is so out of touch. Why are all these <laughs> teens smoking? And then I was like, oh, this book was published in 1998. This yep. makes a lot more sense now. <laughs> I had to go back and look at that when the, the Hallie's Comet reference came up because I was like, wait, she watched Hallie's Comet when? In 86? How old is this girl? <laughs> and then I was like, oh, it's published in 98. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah it was i mean yeah definitely skipping a little bit ahead i guess to who would we recommend this to like teen girls it's yeah it's totally teen girl book i would say i would recommend maybe other sarah dustin books maybe Mm. some of her more recent ones yeah slightly less purity culture maybe yeah i (laughs) feel like this the vibes of this were again very 90s um reading it in our current uh, situation was a lot, um, mm-hmm. so I don't I don't know that I would necessarily recommend this specific Sarah Dessen book, but like like we said, it it does capture the vibes very well. So I would imagine she continues to do that in other books. Again, I'm probably mm-hmm. not going to go back and reread any of them no, or read any of her more recent ones specifically. Yeah, <laughs> um, but you know, like if if you're a, a teen, why are you listening to our podcast? Or if you know First any of all, teens, get out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> Scram. Get out wanted. <laughs> Get off all It's okay. You can, you can stay, but, like, be don't cool about... Parents. Be cool. I don't... Be cool about the ding-dong jokes, yeah, okay? like, I don't like, need an angry email from mom and yeah, dad. I don't need it. Yeah. Um, Thanks. And don't don't talk to us, ever. Yeah, don't <laughs> That's not even mean. But, like, you know, don't don't form parasocial relationships with people on the internet, teens. Mm-hmm. This is my, my call to you. I bet Sarah Dessen's written a book about a teen having a parasocial relationship with someone. Oh yeah. Is she still, is she still active? I think so. I think I saw she's got something that came out in the 2020s. I could be lying. I don't know. You know, a 20 something year career then, if that's true. I mean, yeah, a lot of those YA authors from like Holly Black is still around. Sandra Clare is still around. Meg Cabot's still around. Maureen Johnson. Maureen Johnson. She also wrote sad girl books at the beginning of her career. I feel like a lot. Yeah. I feel like a lot of those early books, could, a little lighter, I think, than Sarah Dessen, but still had some some of that vibe of like, mm. yeah, yeah. So I mean, all of those, all those YA authors. I don't know who the hot hot up and comers are now, honestly, because I'm yeah. again not a teenager. I'm an adult, so maybe it's that hard should be <laughs> maybe that should be a unit at some point. YA that we have not YA like, contemporary. YA yes, yeah. like YA written in the 2020s. 
That's good. We should. Oh, put that's in good. That. Write that down. Write that down. Someone, write that down. Write someone that down. remind <laughs> us of that in like six months. <laughs> Thank y'all. Thank y'all. <laughs> you can claim it's a, a literary submitted year. Yeah, you get that one for free. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, okay, so other stuff that we've been reading, talking about YA. Yeah. I am reading a YA book, and I say reading, but I'm real early into it. I'm pretty sure it's YA, mm-hmm, and it's mm-hmm. been on my. Uh, TBR forever, but it was on Kindle Unlimited this week, so I had to get it. Uh, Tomi Adeyami's Children of Blood and Bone. Oh, yes, I've been wanting to read that. I think I got on Kindle. So far, very into it. Um, Excellent, like, world building just right off the bat. Not super far into it, so can't tell you much about the plot, but I'm liking it so far. Uh, so that's kind of my... I haven't had much time to read this last week. We we had a weird recording schedule, so we kind of yeah. had to do two back-to-back that usually we'd have more time in between. So uh, yes. I, I don't have a full recommendation, but, you know, maybe other people read along with me on that. See if you like it, and if yeah, I like it, and we can I'll discuss. Maybe I'll take the opportunity to pick up a book I yeah. haven't read yet. Haha, <laughs> just go. kidding. We all know I won't. I'm the worst. What have you been reading? Nothing. I, <laughs> you already used the excuse I was going to use. We have a weird recording schedule. Um, I did read this book, and I think you suggested it to me, but not on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the book, That Time I Got Drunk and Saved a Demon by Kimberly oh, Lemon. Yeah. Which, at first, I started reading it, and I was like, I hate this, like, weird Cringe. modern language. And it's, like, in first person, and, and the main character is just like, LOL, so quirky. But then it started to grow on me, and then I got mm-hmm. super into it. It's fun. It's, it's a fun, fun read. Yeah. Uh, like you said, I think definitely it does uh, subvert the typical high fantasy standards in mm-hmm. terms of how people talk and stuff. But yeah. like, who cares? Who cares? It was just a good time. It it's just a like time. a little romantic fantasy um, that, you know, very light on the plot, very good on the smut. It's It was an enjoyable little read. Very short. Um, I feel like that's kind of becoming a new genre, too, of that, like, um, cozy high fantasy, you know? Yeah, this one's kind of, like, borderline for me because there is, like, there are stakes and, like, there is action. But it, it while you're reading it, you're like, the that's not the point of this book. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I'd say it fits in with that for sure. Um, and then I was like, I gotta, I gotta read something I can suggest. And so I checked out a book on Kindle Unlimited uh-huh. called Dare to Be a Duchess by Sapna Bog, but I've not read it at all. The cover's beautiful. So there you go, guys. A book on my radar. <laughs> there you go. I have to admit, I um, fully lied. I've read like four books this week. Oh my God. But they've all been just... just, wanted me to feel I know. No, no. They've just all been really bad romances that I don't feel good recommending. So we'll have to to talk about them off the air. Yeah, I definitely do that as well. Um, (laughs) I also read a lot of like fan fiction too. That is like, I'm never going to tell anyone the tropes I'm digging into. This I take to my grave. This I take to my grave. Um... I also have been playing that game Bear and Breakfast uh, that just came out. It's like a little, it's like a cozy little simulator game where you play a bear who's starting a bed and breakfast in the forest. I wasn't sure. Like I was like, I'm pretty sure bear and breakfast. Yeah, not bear. But then I was like, bear and breakfast. Look at my empty my empty womb. Oh no. A sad and fertile woman has breakfast, and that's the game. That's, that's it. That's the whole game. Wow. 
the, the other version sounds much better. I yeah. have to say, I'm glad they went with that one. It's super cute. The beginning of it is kind of slow, so you do have to stick with it. But once like you start unlocking more things, it really picks up. So cute, relaxing game. I have not been able to take part in my current hyperfixation game of choice, which is, of course, The Sims, the 4, Sims 4, which I routinely jump back into for a few months every mm-hmm. couple of years. It's a sickness. Because, I do that, too. Mm-hmm, but see, they just did a patch. They just did an update, and it fucked up everything, and now oh, all of The no. Sims are having incest. So I can't get on my save because I don't want to fuck up my <laughs> that save. That was last week's book. I know. No, I'm like, ago. Sorry, guys. This, this is a mess. This is a mess. And the problem, the real problem is that they did it in this patch. They added sexual orientation to the game Uh uh-huh yes good and then in that because they had to like code in like likes and attraction model and whatever Uh it overwrote their old attraction model which didn't allow incest or dating toddlers so oh my god this is please tell me you cannot date toddlers in this update i if your game is bugging sometimes apparently people have been having their adult sims fall in love with their toddler children it's a problem i know (laughs) i know exactly (laughs) so that's why i'm like i can't i can't do it right now um i hate that and I mean, like, really, this is the first time that the Republicans can kind of point at something and be like, see, the gay agenda, first gay marriage, <laughs> and is. then toddler incest. <laughs> it happened in the Sims. It will happen in real life. We can't allow this to happen. Oh, man. <laughs> Damn you, EA. I know, really unfortunate. Well, speaking about underage children having sex, let's talk about this book. Yep. <laughs> Great. <laughs> now I'm uncomfortable with talking. I mean, that's no. it's the plot of the book. It this is, is yeah, about teen, a teens girl have who's... sex, and as long as it's with other teens, fine. That's fine. always been our rule. That's always been our stance. If you're not a teen, don't have sex with one. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> And I will give I will give this book that because yeah. you know the '90s there was a lot of wild mm. age gaps in YA. Yeah. Everybody seemed age appropriate. Yeah, remember that Blood was... and Chocolate? Um, let's never talk about Blood Ooh. and Chocolate again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into it. Yeah, let's talk about it. So this book follows two two best friends, Haley and Scarlett. Besties. Hallie. Is it Hallie? Is it Hallie's it comment? Is. I thought it was I Haley's looked it comment. up. It's Hallie's. Time. I thought it was Haley's comment too. But I looked it up and it's mm-hmm. Hallie, which makes a lot more sense because in the book at one point she's like, someone says like, how do you say your name? And she's like, Hallie. And he's like, huh, interesting. Which would be wild if her name was Haley. Every girl cause... was named Haley. Every cool but... girl was Haley in, in that time period. Hallie. Okay. Now to be fair... All of the pronunciations I heard were like vaguely British, but I think that it's still Hallie. Like That's from probably, what I can yeah. see of the uh, written out phonics of it. Yeah, surely they wouldn't mess up the name of a famous comet in that way. Well, and a famous man, apparently. It's yeah, his last. The it's comet, his, well, really, yeah. though. Who gives a crap yeah, about the man? That's true. Who cares about the, the man? Comet. <laughs> Hallie. Hallie and Scarlett, best friends, live across the street from each other. They've been friends for years. Uh, and they are now, they're like rising high school juniors. Hallie is at summer camp uh, and she gets a call in the middle of the night from her friend Scarlett saying, hey, my boyfriend, my secret boyfriend, Michael Sherwood, has just died in a car crash. Can you please come home from camp? Now you say summer camp, 
but I do feel it is important just yeah. to kind of set the scene <laughs> of who yeah. her parents are, that this is not summer camp. This is sisterhood camp. Sisterhood camp. What is that? We're... What? what is it? <laughs> uh, it is... We are supposed to be isolated from the pressures of society in order to improve ourselves as women. It's a cult. It's a cult, number one. First of all, it's, it's a cult. It's a real cult. Real cult vibes. <laughs> uh, yeah. So so the thing is, Hallie's mom is a therapist, and she has made her living off of essentially bragging to all the other moms about how close she is with her teenage daughter. And she has written books about how to cut how like... Uh, coaching tips for other parents to get along with their teens. But now Holly is almost 16 years old and that relationship is starting to crumble as all parent-teen relationships do at some point. Now I have many comments about this, but my first one is thus. Um, She has written multiple books about her relationship with her teen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Her Her one one teen single daughter. Her her one teen single daughter is 16. Yeah. No, not even All, yet. She's not even gonna 16. Going to turn 16. So yeah. she's had three years of parenting a teen. Yeah. Really two and a half. How did she publish multiple books that's in a, that that's time? An excellent question. How? That's an excellent question. In the 90s? In the that? 90s when you couldn't self-pub. Yeah. Yeah. People had to agree that you were good at parenting a teen. You still had to print out your manuscripts at that point in time. Like this is this is not a fast <laughs> process. Now I would say maybe if it was like, oh, she was just writing about teens in general, and then she just happened to have teens. Because I mean, like obviously you can be a therapist who specializes in X Y Z things right. without having that thing yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but. The book title, when it is the second book that she's written when it's revealed, does seem to focus on, like, her specific relationship with Hallie. So it's like, how did you get this book deal? <laughs> what did you that. tell your publisher? Hi. I have, I, have a, I have a new teen. She just turned 13, like, a week ago. And we get along great. I am an expert. <laughs> uh, Hallie's mom is... Ha- was one of the worst characters in fiction to me. I really hated her a lot. I had a visceral reaction every time she was on the page. Yeah. Um, I didn't like her. It was not good. Um, There's very I- little redeeming about her. And they tried to make it seem like she had kind of a redemption at the end, but she didn't. She really and I- didn't. Her daughter was- just yelled at her, finally. Right. And she just did one nice thing. And it's like, yeah, your mom can do nice things, but she's still a narcissist. Yeah. Like, you yeah, know. She still fucking sucks, dude. She's still a real problem. <laughs> yes. And the first of which is that she had forced Hallie to go to this camp. That Hallie was like, I don't know what this is. I don't like it. I have plans. I have a job for the summer. Her mom called her employer and was like, hey, can Hallie go to camp for two weeks? And their employer was like, I mean, yeah, I guess. But why are you calling me? You're her mother. Um, she called her employer, cleared her whole schedule, and was like, you're going. That's that. Like, the what? Which, okay. <laughs> I get that she's you know, 15, still living under her house, her rules, whatever. But it's just like, I, and I don't know what therapy was like in the nineties, if this was the vibe, but maybe it's from, you know, 
being in the time of gentle parenting now or you know like not treating your child like a shit actually is, acknowledging that they're a uh, acknowledging that they are a person which is really what gentle parenting is yeah uh, <laughs> so i don't know it just i was confused because i'm like she's a therapist and she's acting this way this seems she seemed like a therapist in the way that beatrice sparks is a therapist right yeah where it's less like <laughs> yeah. therapy and more like um, we must make the teens obey, yeah. right? Yeah, which is which a real icky vibe. vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So there's a lot of tension between mom and Hallie in this book. Uh, like, first of all, Hallie calls her mom and was like, "Hey, Scarlet's boy, my our friend." has died and Scarlett needs me there with her right now. You need to come pick me up from camp. And mom was like, but it's, no, you still have some camp to go. You've got a whole week of camp She's left. She's got a fucking funeral to go to. And she, oh, her mom, I swear to God, she, <laughs> uh, she's an awful person. On the ride home when they're like talking about it and she's like, well, how was sisterhood camp? And Hallie's like, I, you know, I, didn't really get that much out of it and her mom's like well maybe if you had stayed the the whole two weeks you would have oh, okay sorry my friend okay right right like at this point you have agreed to come pick her up you've picked her up the decision has been made yeah being passive aggressive and petty about it isn't Fine, you're an shit. adult trying to have like a pissing contest with a 15 year old what yeah. are you doing good Ugh. for you i guess that you feel like you got you got a zinger in on your 15 year old daughter who's grieving who's like grieving, what yeah are panicking about her friend yeah <sighs> this whole podcast is about hallie's mom <laughs> <laughs> she's the worst she's just terrible um so yeah so the thing about scarlet and and their friend michael who's recently died they were in they were in the secret relationship over the summer um, Michael had been dating popular girl Elizabeth Gunderson until the end of the school year. And then they broke up at the start of the summer. And uh, Michael started working at the same grocery store as Hallie and Scarlett and immediately started, like, hitting on Scarlett and the two of them, Providing I guess, her fruits. Yeah. Give, bringing her exotic fruits from the, from the fruit aisle. From which he worked. <laughs> yeah. Have a radish. He, this, this, this kid is described as, this is his entire lunch, the first day he works there, for Kiwi. That's it. That's all That's he it. ate for lunch. And they were like, he's so cool. Is he's, he? He's a, what is it, high raw vegan? Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All he would eat was fruit. So I'm really concerned about Yeah, we didn't health. really... We didn't really get into that, did we? I mean, nope. it was kind of like a cute, quirky thing. Michael is such a manic pixie dream boy. It's wild. He is. He is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he just rolls up to her, her register and is like, I got some fruit. <laughs> I'm just going to leave this right here in your apron pocket. Hi, And there. then I'm going to die tragically, changing yep. your life forever. It's going to scar you forever because I'm going to leave you with a memento in the form of Wink. a living person. Spoiler alert. <laughs> uh, so they, they go to this funeral. It's very well attended by a lot of hysterical teenage girls. Several and also of- some disapproving elderly women who I'm not sure who they were meant to be, but... yeah. They were there. Is this town that small, I guess? They all showed up. I don't know. I guess. Um, several of Michael's ex-girlfriends were there, including Elizabeth Gunderson, who is taking his death very hard because 
I don't, a lot of people are under the impression that Michael was still in love with her and mm. including Elizabeth. And so I guess there's just, it's, a, it's weird. It's weird to me because we're getting all of this from Hallie's point of view, right? And Which she's, is a weird choice. Yeah, a weird choice because she's she's the furthest removed from all of like the interesting things that are happening. And she has a shitty mom we don't want to read about. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the least interesting person to have been the narrator of this book becomes the narrator of this book. Um, so there's not really a lot made out of the fact that Scarlett has to sit here and listen to all these other girls mourn this boy that she was secretly dating uh, and was supposed to have been madly in love with and then is now like pregnant with his child that not does she doesn't know it at this point but like and then and then like when it when people find out that she's pregnant there's like no one it like no one cares that it's the dead kids kid so I don't know it just it felt to me I was like this this should be a a, a bigger deal maybe but we have to listen about Hallie's love issues. I feel like I liked at least how the funeral was handled. And yeah. that I don't think I would have enjoyed it if Scarlett was like, revelation, I was in love with Michael. Because A, I think that she probably rightly realized that if they were a DL relationship, people weren't going to believe her and would think That's that she true. was yeah, like, clout no, chasing. I was dating him for the clout yeah. now that he's um, dead. And B, I think that... Um, the the message that I, as an adult reading this, would gather from Scarlett and her relationship with Michael and the way that that parallels uh, um, the relationship that Hallie goes on to have. Um, mm-hmm. I, I would posit that probably if Michael hadn't have died, they would have broken up before school started. Mm. Would be kind of, I don't think... I I would heavily guess that Michael maybe was still in love with Elizabeth, but Rebound. also just seemed to kind of be fast and loose with the I love yous in yeah. order to get what he wanted. Um, would be kind of my my reading between the lines of sort of mm-hmm. the way that the sexual exploits go and what limitations the girls in these books put on that. Yeah, uh, I could see that. Yeah. Because that becomes a big thing of the girls being like, if the guy doesn't say I love you, is it right to have sex with him? And I'm like, even if the guy says I love you, it still might not be right to have sex with him. And if the guy doesn't say I love you, it might be okay to still have sex with him. These two things aren't connected, actually. Depends on how badly you love him. And how much, well, no, I wouldn't even say love. How much do you want to fuck him? Because that's a different situation, which I would posit Hallie does not want to fuck Megan even a little bit. No, she's not attracted to him in that way. (laughs) no interest in anyone's sex the only person she describes in any sort of borderline sexual way is is in fact Scarlett when she says she's the most beautiful at this angle and I'm like are you in love love maybe this is something you're gonna take a few years to figure out and circle back to yeah uh I think to me I think these moments where other people are talking about Michael in this way and we 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 as the reader know or maybe as adults know that Scarlett is probably like suffering hearing these things, Mm -hmm. but then to see it from like Hallie's point of view and then have her just not give a shit (laughs) was very like frustrating to me. Like I I would like to take this 
this moment in the book to display their friendship because we do mm. get a lot of like Hallie is supportive in very specific ways, but in all others, she's like, I don't know, man. <laughs> well, I think there's also this thing between the two of them, which gets into kind of the relationships and whatever that Scarlet is the mom friend because she has to be a mother to her mother. Whereas Hallie is the baby friend because her mother babies her. Right. Mm -hmm. Like there is very much that being drawn here that Scarlet's mom is also had her when she was, I think a teenager and very irresponsible in general has like a string of boyfriends in and out of the house, whatever. So Scarlet is the one who has to kind of be an adult and Hallie is not given the space to be an adult because her mom is, Mm -hmm terrible um so i mean you've got that dynamic too of like hallie is of course the one who is sitting there waiting for scarlet to comfort her and does not know how to comfort scarlet right yes absolutely yeah that's true because they do say at the beginning of the book like hallie was scared because scarlet never like she's like Mm -hmm. i knew it took a lot to ask her for ask for her to ask me to come home because scarlet never asked me for anything like that right and I think even at the funeral, I think she checks in with her a couple of times, but she's always like, no, it's fine. Which, of course, like, it's not. it's not. But also, if your friend is saying it's fine, you know, what are you, I guess. what are you going to do? I don't know. Yeah, I guess. I just. Could have, would have been handled differently if they were adults, I think. <laughs> very true. Yeah, very true. It was just, yeah, as again, reading this as an adult, I'm like, these are all sh- shitty people. <laughs> these are all people whose brains have not fully formed. Yep. Um... So we also, at this point in the book, are introduced to Michael's best friend named Mal- Macon Faulkner, who becomes Hallie's love interest in this book. Uh, he's just your typical bad boy. Scarlet's like, watch out for him because he has, quote unquote, a lot of problems or whatever. Um, I, we, we later find out these problems are basically like, um, you know, parents that aren't really involved in his life. He skips school a lot. He's rich. Here in this town of bad parents and no siblings. Yep. Yeah. It was weird. It everyone was weird. Everyone was an like, only child. Everyone's they? an only Except child. Yeah. Yeah. And he's got like a five-year-old sister. <laughs> oh, no, like wait. I think I think that one Ginny, she might have a sister who showed up at that Christmas tree thing. Mm. Or was that Elizabeth? Can't remember. One of the popular girls has a sister. Yeah. But all the main characters are only children. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, fewer people to write about. So. Yeah. Don't have to keep track. <laughs> Um, so the school year starts and Hallie and Megan have PE class together and they start to get to know each other and they flirt, etc. Um, Megan's way of flirting with Hallie is to leave her little candies everywhere and she takes them home and puts them in a jar, does not eat them. So that's cool. <sighs> <laughs> what were you gonna, what were you saving them for? Do you just not like candy? What did you, if you don't like candy, you, you tell Megan. Again, I think that you could read this as a literary device of like, oh, it's, you know, he's showing her affection and she's just saving it up and doesn't actually want to use it, right? She doesn't actually want to act on it. She doesn't want to, she doesn't want to partake in the sweet, (laughs) the sweet chocolate kisses. His sweet kisses that he leaves her in her back pocket sneakily. Um, she's also warned by the popular girls. Like Megan is the kind of guy that just wants to fuck you and leave, man. He's doesn't, he's not here for a long time, just a good time. Right. Uh, so watch out for that one. And Hallie's like, stay the fuck out of my business. Popular girl, Elizabeth Gunderson. Elizabeth Gunderson. (laughs) I also was surprised. Maybe, maybe not surprised, but like, 
I thought for a minute that because there is a scene at um, Michael's funeral or before Michael's funeral where she, Hallie goes over to um, Scarlet. uh, Scarlett's house mm-hmm. and Macon is upstairs in her room and apparently spent the night there, right? Yeah. So I kind of thought that at some point there was going to be a question of paternity revolving oh, it, yeah. because literally Michael knocked her up the night before he died. So it would have been like two days ago. So mm. I thought that that was why that scene was there. And it just kind of feels like weird and out of place considering, you know, that Scarlet seems to really kind of dislike Macon in general. Yeah, she, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like in the beginning, she's really pro Macon. She's like, we should give Macon a ride. Macon, you can stay at my house and whatever to the point where I was like, oh, this is going to be like some love triangle bullshit or she hooked up with Macon or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and we'll tear that, these girls apart. And I mean, I'm glad that didn't happen because that would have been annoying. But also it does make kind of the vibes weird, right? Like, what what was the point of that scene? Just so that Megan and Hallie could meet, I guess? Yeah, in in a completely like closed situation where he can like, I don't know. I don't know. It was weird. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Like she sees his boot in the bed and she just thinks it's a random boot. And so she pulls on it. But it won't and there's a man. Off. And then there's a man attached to it. And, and <laughs> then she starts to date that man um, like a month later. Um, by man, I mean teenage boy. Mm-hmm. Um, Scarlet also starts showing some signs of illness in the morning. What could it mean? What could it be? Who could say? Impossible Sorry. Anytime a woman throws up in a movie or book, she's pregnant. That's just how people have decided to. Not true. For because uh, or Hallie, thro- Hallie throws poison. up later in this book. Oh, well, that's not in the morning, though. <laughs> oh, you're right. That's, that's at after night. drinking heavily. I mean, I guess it really <laughs> depends if it was post uh, the ball dropping because it was a New Year's party. Was it after the it hit midnight or before? I think it was right at. I think they were counting down and she was like, bleh, right. bleh, bleh. Then it's not a sign of the Immaculate Conception. Bless. Uh, Macon does eventually ask Hallie out to meet him at a party. Like, this is, I guess this was the 90s way of asking someone on a date. It was like, hey, meet me at this location where there will be lots of other people. Yeah. Um, there was a misunderstanding. They don't meet at the party. So the party's at this girl named Jenny's house. And they go to the party and they're there for like a couple hours. And they go through the whole house. And then she's disappointed that Macon wasn't there. Then Macon sneaks over to Hallie's house afterwards. And he's like, where were you? I was at the party since 7 o'clock. And she's like, well, we were there and you were not there. And he was like, well, I was in the attic. Why would you just randomly wander into somebody's attic? Well, they do say, Jenny says in that part, that Elizabeth and her various hangers-on have gone up to the attic and are having, like, a sad reminiscence about Michael. Like she, what you want to do at a party. (laughs) And she disparages it saying like, Oh, I think they're trying to have like a, like they're trying to summon the dead or something. Yeah. 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 So I mean like, yes, but also if you told someone you would meet them, maybe go where the people are coming in. Yeah. Instead of, I don't know. Which, again, I was so confused. I was like, why did they simply not text? And then I was like, oh, okay, I see now. Because it's 98, yes. <laughs> the trials and tribulations our forefathers had to go through. How easy it was to miscommunicate with your, yeah. your peers at this age. Um, this is why all miscommunication tropes should be historical, because yeah. it makes sense in the days before sense. text. Not so much anymore. <laughs> um. They kiss. Megan and Hallie kiss. They're officially dating. They're a thing now. Question. How does he know where she lives? (laughs) 
I guess if he knows town. where Scarlet lives, and she's like, my friend Hallie lives across the street. Yeah. I don't know. And was it, is it at that point or later that he, it's later, right, where he mows the lawn for her? That's right at, the day after. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then also as they're kissing, Hallie's ex-boyfriend Noah is at her house and he like watches them kiss. Here's the thing about Noah. Hallie's mom has a best friend named something. And, and this family comes over to the house every Friday. And because this was like the only boy that Hallie ever spent time with, she and Noah started dating. And uh, Hallie recently realized Noah's boring as hell and she broke up with him. But Noah is so boring that he does continue to come over to Hallie's house every Friday night as a teen in high school and uh, just hangs out there while Hallie leaves and is not there. (laughs) It's very sad. So he is there when Megan stops by and kisses Hallie at night secretly outside of her home. Um, Noah's a shitbag. Don't feel bad for him, anybody. I would hope listeners to our podcast would never feel bad for an ex-boyfriend never feel bad for any (laughs) boy or man period end of sentence (laughs) um anyway so then we find out scarlet's pregnant big surprise they tell scarlet's mother who immediately is like okay well i'll go and set you up an appointment an abortion clinic we'll get this taken care of um because we said before scarlet's mom is also was a teen mother she had scarlet when she was this age 16 and she's like I know how hard this will be for you and I think really honestly the best option will be getting an abortion and Scarlett's like yeah but like we turned out fine and everyone's like did we did we did <laughs> Doesn't we it seem like you really get along very well with your mother um but Scarlett seems to go along with this at first and then at the appointment decides she doesn't want to terminate the pregnancy. She calls Hallie. Hallie's at school. She calls the school, pretends to be Hallie's mom. And then when Hallie gets there to answer the phone, she's like, please come pick me up from this clinic. I can't go through with it. I'm just going to tell my mom I took a taxi home and uh, we'll figure it out afterwards. <laughs> when the baby shows up, <laughs> when I guess. When the baby shows up. When, when I start showing. Um, I... Also, think it's important to mention here because uh, there's I, I don't have anywhere else to talk about this. It's not really important. I just thought it was interesting. So Scarlett's mom, Marion, I think is her name, um, starts dating this man in the book mm. that Scarlett absolutely hates. She's like pissed that he exists. Keeps calling him a freak. Uh, is is convinced that her mom is going to notice that at any moment that he's an awful, terrible, no good man for her. Um, his one crime is that he likes to LARP. <laughs> I actually didn't even think it was necessarily LARPing as much as I thought he was working for a Renaissance fair. Cause they're like, oh, no, like, I don't think they, on the weekends they go and hit each other with foam swords. Right. So. But then at, at one point she says like he jousts. And I was like, that's not LARPing level. If you're like full jousting, you know? So I don't know. And he, maybe they just have bicycles or something. Like, I'm like, not sure. They're not, I'm not sure. Real horses to do But this. yes, a hundred percent. And I, th- I mean like, obviously again, I get that what this is doing is it's like, oh, her mom has always had bad taste in men. And so Scarlett is assuming the worst of him so yeah. that she won't be hurt when he inevitably leaves. Right. Yeah. But at the same time, when we are not shown Scarlett's mom's bad taste in men and just shown this one man, this it one does seem. freak of a man like who loves She LARPing. just really aggressively hates him for, for no, no reason. reason. And again, I think I think this book just chose the wrong character to have as the as the narrator i just Mm -hmm. 
I think this <laughs> like is Hallie's story about having a, a first boyfriend who you find out is kind of shitty and then like having a little bit of drama with your mom as interesting as the girl who's, I mean, it would have been a totally different vibe of a book, right? If it was Scarlet's POV, that would have been a very, very sad book. Well, but you know what the vibe is of this book in general to me is like the kind of, there is like a, a subgenre of queer issues book that is like, my sibling is gay. What do you know? Mm-hmm. Like that's very popular, especially Look at all of the, the like terrible odds. things that happen to my sibling. Yes, or isn't it so sad that I have to deal with having a trans sibling? Like that yeah. sort of thing. Um, there's a whole rash of them, and I mean, well intentioned at the time, maybe a little problematic looking back on it, but it's the same vibe, right? Of like, oh no, friend is pregnant. What do? Because what do? of course, any girl reading this book couldn't possibly fall pregnant herself she is too good and too pure so we have to think of a way that you know she could deal with this issue without it being the main character because no girl would relate to that right like that's a side character you know you don't get to be the main character if you have a baby at 16 no gosh no your life is over at that point which the book kind of kind of seems to imply (laughs) i mean it's it's hard because on the one hand, I'm like, yes, Scarlett should absolutely have the choice to make yeah, whatever choice yeah, she wants, 100%. At the same time, the way that this book talks about abortion... Makes it seem like it's bad. Makes, makes it, it seem, seem like, like... You should never have one. It it makes it seem like that's something for those type of girls. Again, much like the main character is not Scarlett because the girl reading this book, of course, couldn't get pregnant. No, She's gosh, too she good and too pure. Yeah. Um, the it, it very much has the vibes of like, well, abortion is okay for some people, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but not, not if you want to do the good and right thing. Like, they use that phrasing a lot of like, Scarlett is doing the right thing. And... I feel like it's an important caveat to say the right thing for her or the thing that she wants. Yeah. And I really think we should take out right and wrong in general because I don't think that that's a moral, it's a moral issue. I Mm -mm. think it is an issue of what you are able to do and what you want to do. Mm -hmm. And I think if Scarlett had phrased this, had just been like honest about, I want this baby because, because it's my dead boyfriend's baby, which Mm -hmm. I don't think this is ever brought up. She's never like, oh, well, it's a piece of Michael. Oh, I feel like, you know, the survivor's guilt of him dying and then her having the baby. Of course she'd want to keep that baby, right? Because, like, you're 16 and you're like, it's fucking a miracle that I happen to get pregnant with this guy's baby right before he died. Of course that would go through your head. Absolutely. But, like, trying to, to position it as the morally correct choice in 2022 reads a little it's frustrating a little yeah frustrating you know yes yeah i i agree i there were there were many points in this book that made me extremely frustrated um <laughs> this this being one of them of yeah. of again like you said this should be her choice but it should not be the book should not be preaching to me that is that there is a correct choice like you said right there is nothing marion brings up some valid points right like this is gonna be a very difficult journey for you this is one that i have been on and like marion herself feels like she you know i'm not a good mother i'm not i didn't do a great job at this look at where we are now 
Um, and I don't want that for you. Like there's so many more opportunities that you can have down the line. And, and Scarlett's just like, but my baby. And, and again, we don't get any of that internal monologue because Hallie is just over here. Like, I don't know, man, I just picked her up and, and making struck and <laughs> we hung out at the mall the rest of the day. And then my mom yelled at me and like, that's it. That's <laughs> we don't get to really sit with that. And, and we get like, there is a little bit later where Scarlett kind of is crying with, um, or to Hallie at school after a particularly rough day. And, um, she, she says like, I just can't help but think of like, what would, what would happen if Michael were here? Like, would he also want me to keep the baby? Like, would he want to be involved? Yada, yada, yada. Um, but that's like, that's all we get. That's, that's the most anyone wants to ruminate on this. So it's just, it feels very like a one-sided argument. There's also, um, some interesting things in here when they're talking about like her plans and how she's going to deal with this baby and whatever, where she's like, well, you know, I've got a job that does not pay me enough because Mm -hmm. it is a part-time cashier job. But they're like, oh, well, you know, we have the um, daycare at school that you can drop the baby off at. And I'm like, what? Because this is is a little departure from the baby talk. But I Mm -hmm. just, in general, this whole book, I was like, what is this school? What is going on with this school? Because, like, they have the classes that she takes are like commercial design and oceanography uh-huh. and and they're like oh there's a an on-site um daycare for like teens who have had babies to drop their babies off and i'm like this is a small town this is a small town though yeah. why do you why do you have a, an on-site daycare and oceanography classes <laughs> i don't understand you guys should be like trying to get enough funding for the band you know like why do you have (laughs) commercial design as an elective like what's happening i'm so confused um i went to a little bit of a bougier school district i know you had this did not track for me the daycare thing i do remember one time a, a girl did bring her baby to gym class because she didn't have a babysitter, but like, I think they, she just had the kid with her at school that day mm. because of her other childcare didn't. Have, I don't think we had a day. I'm pretty sure we did not have a daycare. Uh, that seems very open-minded and yeah. uh, expensive. <laughs> there, that was kind of the thing in general of this book also of just, it was like wildly accepting of Scarlett and her pregnancy, Extremely which like, great, so, good. Yeah. But I was expecting I mean, this sounds mean, but a little more bullying, you know? Like, I feel like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I... It was a little bit of slut-shaming from one character. Yeah. But then that... Cleared like, up pretty quickly. Very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone ended up being very supportive of her and Michael's baby. At the very end, um, yeah. yeah. And it's just like... I, I mean, teenagers are mean. Like, teenagers... Absolutely. I don't necessarily want to read about teenagers being mean, but, like, these teenagers were not this mean was enough. The, this was the late 90s. <laughs> these teenagers would have ripped into this girl yeah (laughs) um so so hallie goes she skips school she goes to pick up uh scarlet at the abortion clinic macon uh drives her because she does not have a car scarlet is the one that drives and scarlet did not drive to school that day and macon doesn't care about skipping school so they go pick up scarlet they hang out the rest of the day they don't return to school and then hallie's mom finds out uh hallie's mom finds out that her daughter skipped school because she saw her at the mall or something and instead of like approaching her daughter then and there and being like hey what's up she called scarlett's mom who 
as we know, thought Scarlett went through with the abortion and got a taxi and went home. So now Scarlett's mom knows uh, that um, Scarlett is still pregnant. Both girls have big fights with their moms over this, wherein Hallie's, Hallie just rips into, no, Hallie's mom just rips into her, like doesn't even give her time to breathe, just screams at her. And then Scarlett's mom is like, please come over here and mediate our argument because it's not productive, which seemed mature to me, but maybe only because it involved a teen pregnancy. Uh, and Hallie's mom is a therapist. So, so they go, she goes over there and is over there for like hours and then comes back and was like, well, why didn't you tell me that your friend was pregnant and there was an about an abortion? And Hallie's like, when could I have possibly told you? Well, Hallie, you're still grounded. Like she doesn't even stop to listen to why Hallie would not have told her mother this news. There's, there's also this very frustrating part of this that is like, again, trying to act like they're, they're trying to posit like, oh, maybe what's happening is she's a good therapist, but, you know, bad with her own child. But I call bullshit on that because uh, Scarlett's like, oh, my gosh, your mom saved my baby because she came over and like mediated and like helped my mom understand that I want to keep the baby. And like she promised that, you know, I, you know, I'll have to think about adoption, but we are she's going to let me go through the pregnancy, et cetera, et cetera. Except for the fact that the only reason you were in danger in the first place was because her fucking mom stuck her nose in your business which as a therapist you should know better than to do that you don't know what the situation is with her you don't know if she's dealing with some sort of abuse at home don't fucking tattle on her you don't know what the situation like it's it's the the way that her response is always like i need to talk to the adult who owns you because she does this with macon too when like he's speeding around or something he's she's like you need to tell me who his mother is so i can call her and let her know what her son is doing and how dangerous it is i'm like you do not know the situation and you as a therapist should be aware that sometimes even if you think you're the perfect mother that sometimes mothers do bad things to their kids and you can't sit here and like just assume that you know the situation and that you sticking your foot in it isn't going to make it worse which is what you did to scarlet and then they tried to act like oh but it's okay though because she mediated and she's the savior i'm like no it was her fucking fault in the first place yeah i hate hallie's mom so much hallie's (laughs) mom is the actual worst (laughs) actual worst um Well, that's cool because in the next section of the book, we get a lot of stuff with Hallie and her mom. We get a lot of stuff with the pregnancy. We get a lot of stuff about Megan and Hallie. So here's the stuff with the pregnancy first. Scarlett obviously is becoming more and more pregnant. As one does. As one does. Yeah. Yeah. It happens. The baby grows. Uh, She tries to keep it a secret from school, but then gossipy girl, Jenny Tabor or whatever her name is, finds out and tells everybody. Um. Hallie kind of acts as Scarlett's main support person throughout the pregnancy um, where they, you know, they're, they're reading what to do when you're expecting. She's like coaching her through all the stuff, goes to birthing classes, Lamaze classes with her, whatever. Um, and eventually they do meet and befriend this new kid at school named Cameron, who was a little bit of an outcast because he's pale and wears all black, which I'm like, that was a total vibe in the late nineties. So like outcasts, where i think he's also short is the thing though. oh that's they why that he's short, short. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. but Which he's he would thrive now short kings absolutely <laughs> also he's very funny and super supportive of scarlet like no questions asked like doesn't 
doesn't care at all that she's pregnant, but does care when girls are talking about her behind her back. And to the point where like he made a sculpture of this mean, nasty girl that was trying to slut shame Scarlet and then like destroyed the sculpture with a book and let Scarlet help himself. Like, that's cool. You're a cool guy. Right. Yeah. Um, we move on. That, that's the whole thing. Scarlet's Scarlet is making a baby. Then we have problems with mom. Hallie and her mom are just not close anymore. It happens, mothers. It happens. Hallie's mom is not giving teen Hallie the space she needs to grow and learn. And Hallie now feels like she has, her only option is to lie to her parents about her friendships, relationships, whereabouts at all times because mom is not taking the opportunity to understand. Dad is never around anyway because he's like busy telling people to strip naked and run down the street for the, for the radio show that he's a disc jockey for. Like... What? To be fair, I think he himself strips naked and runs down the he street. He does. I'm like, why are we? Why are we all like? I, someone does it for concert tickets, and then he does. I don't know. I was like, why are we committing these kinds of crimes? It's fine, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Least of my concerns. Um, and then things come to a head when Hallie is forbidden from seeing Megan because she continues to sneak. She's because she's lying. She's sneaking out to go see him. Hallie's mom. It does, at, with with the 2020 hindsight of an adult can say Macon is a bad influence on my daughter I have to nip this in the bud so my only option is to forbid Hallie from seeing Macon I'm like they Which, go to school together first of all as we all know from flowers in the attic if you forbid a teenager from seeing another naked that's all they'll want to do all they'll want to do <laughs> um she she does not listen to her mother, who cannot possibly understand the thrall of the first young love. Um, and some some sad stuff happens with Grandma, which didn't Hallie's super matter to yeah. the plot, but was there. I thought she was going to die, but no, she I thought lived. so too. It was just sad. They had to go visit her in assisted living facility at Thanksgiving. I think this also might be like a hallmark of the sad girl uh, vibe of like. A lot of generally bad things happen, mm-hmm. but nothing like super bad, right? Yeah, nothing like it's like bad. Oh, your friend is pregnant, not you. Your grandma's sick, but not dying. Your mom hates you, but I guess it's okay. Yeah, um, she'll get your boyfriend. Definitely. Your boyfriend is a shithead, but you break up with him and it's fine. And he still you know, loves like loves you. He's devoted to you. He's still hopelessly devoted to yeah. you. You know, it's it's a lot of that. Of like, we don't want to make this too sad. Yeah, <laughs> we still want teens to want to read this. Um, and the grandma stuff, I guess, too, also does a little bit to kind of like show us the type of relationship Hallie had with her mom before teen angst. Uh, but then mom is like, see, aren't you glad I forbid you from seeing Megan? And Hallie's like, mom, fuck off. Why would you say that? Why would you say that when you're here having a good time? Are you a bad therapist? (laughs) Why are you doing this? Are you a bad therapist? (sighs) Um, which brings us to Macon, the Macon stuff. Macon and Hallie's relationship is going well until Macon starts pressuring Hallie to have sex at like every opportunity, basically. Uh, and he continues to grow more distant from her as Hallie continues to say no. Um, Scarlet, Hallie's like, Hallie, Hallie confides to Scarlet about what is happening with Scarlet. It's like, well, has he declared his love for you? Like, has he said the words, I love you? Because if he hasn't, you should not have sex. A girl as special as you, Hallie, as special and beautiful and smart as you should not have sex with a man unless he loves you. That's the most important thing in the world. You don't want to give something up that you yeah. can't get what? back. Like there definitely is 
the idea of like they don't say the word virginity in this, but there but is the implication that at. virginity is a real thing that is important, right? Yeah, and it's like again, <laughs> it is not a currency, my friend. It's <laughs> and Scarlet, obviously, there is some um, justification here from Scarlet because she's like she. I think what's going on with Scarlet, really, if I could therapize her for a minute, mm-hmm. yeah. um, is that Couldn't she realizes. Right. That she realizes that she was not ready for sex, but she feels like she cannot say that now because A, she's pregnant and B, the guy is dead. Yeah. And so she is trying to keep her friend from having sex by putting limits on it that she's like, well, I passed this limit, which was him saying, I love you. You Mm -hmm. haven't passed that. And so it's wrong. Right. Like, I think. Again, I really, I really feel like if if Michael didn't die, they would have broken up like three weeks later. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But, you know, she puts this thing on it of, like, yeah, the guy has to say I love you. And then that is when you will know if you can have sex or not. It's like, that's wild. That's a really wild. Nobody in this book has a good attitude towards sex. Like, her thing is bat Her thing is is rightfully kind of traumatizing. (laughs) Like, she had sex once, the guy died, and now she's pregnant. Right, right. But, like, the idea of, like, the guy must say I love you, and then that's the go to have sex. That's nonsense. Also terrible, Um, yeah. Hallie just, again, just seems completely uninterested in sex. Uh, Yeah, she's fine with just kissing. She's never, like, oh, and I got horny and wanted to continue, but I was worried. It's always just like, nope, nope, don't like I this, shut it down, yeah. right? He, he um, hasn't even, like, like everything is, like, fully clothed, doesn't want his hands wandering in the least bit. Like, she's just mm-hmm. like, we're keeping it at kissing. But also, like, she needs to then have that conversation yeah, with him, right? Instead of saying, I'll think about it. Instead of just saying, mm, maybe one day, I don't know, mm-hmm. like, you need to be clear about what your boundaries are. And then if he pushes those boundaries, then fucking dump him. Um, Megan also, though, is not getting consent from her, which is bad. So, like, all the way around, bad bad with sex, this book. Yeah, yeah, Nobody has the right idea about it. (laughs) And and none of that is really, yeah, none of it's really challenged in any way that would be helpful. The book seems to land on the idea that, yes, you should be in love to have sex. And once you are in love, then it's okay to have sex. Which I'm like, I disagree with both of those points. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Like... There are other things that make you ready or not ready to have sex. And being in love is not the the precondition to being ready to have sex. Like, neither of those things are true. And also, it doesn't have to be penetrative. So, like... Right. Like, come on. Give the guy a handy. (laughs) (laughs) It'll get him off your back. All right? Yeah. It's the easiest thing to do. What? Are you going to leave him with blue balls here? (laughs) Teens who listen to this podcast, stop now. Don't take this to heart. It's wrong. Not true. That's not true. (laughs) Never touch a pee-pee. Never. Wing wings. Off limits. No. Not until he says I love you. Um, But Hallie does finally decide to do the deed with Megan at a New Year's Eve party. Uh, But she gets too drunk and throws up before they can do anything. And Megan gets pissed. He's like, why would you fucking lead me on like this? And I'm like, well, you are the one that kept refilling her glass, my dude. He's just trying to get her, you know, calm and comfortable. What a good boyfriend. She took a hit off a bong. Had who knows how many drinks. This is all brand new experiences for Hallie. Of course she got Her little little sweet Hallie. Ugh, special baby Hallie. Uh, so Megan's like, fine, I'll fucking drive you home, you worthless piece of shit. And then they get in a car accident in which Hallie has to go to the hospital. Um, I think she like, she has to have stitches and she probably like 
fractures or bruises. Like she, it's not specified super in depth, like what is wrong with her, just that she had to be hospitalized and then had to take time off school to heal. I think it is that um, she had, they were worried about a brain injury, which is okay. why they kept her overnight. And then I think she just has like a, a busted wrist is yeah. the other thing. So like, um, so she, I don't because they say like her school for weeks. <laughs> they say like her leg is bruised. Mm-hmm. Um, they say something about the torso. I can't remember what it is though. Um, but yeah, it definitely doesn't seem like like enough to not be in school that long. Yeah, it's a scary situation for certain. But like, she does seem to be out of school for a long time. For listen, I wrecked. I wrecked a car at sixteen, yeah. and that I mean I didn't have to be cream. hospitalized. I just the ice cream yeah. melted. Um, the, the, ice the guy's melted. ice cream melted, um, and his wife's name was Emily, and it was really traumatic. I cried a lot, and I looked like the fucking fan of the opera because I had turned my face, so the airbag just hit me full on the <laughs> one side of the face. Oh, it was real, real busted up. Oh, but I'm pretty sure I was like back in school, like the, I want to say the next like Monday because I think it was on a weekend, mm. um, and I just had to go to school with my busted up face, you know. <laughs> no convalescing for you <laughs> no of course not uh megan does not go to the hospital he he neither needs to nor wants to he does not <laughs> want to check in on his girlfriend hallie although uh, she does think she hears him say he loves her as she's about to pass out he's like hallie. stay with me hallie i love you hallie girl hallie, please. or possibly megan that might have been he actually might have said that in which case megan boy megan you don't you're just now you you're just feel traumatized yeah also <laughs> I, again, kept expecting this book to be more dramatic than it was. I thought that it was going to turn out that he wasn't at the hospital because he got arrested. Mm. Like, because there's a that lot of talk about, like... That would have more sense. Right? Like, the cops are, like, there, and then they show up to the hospital, and they leave. I'm like, oh, so he got... He probably had, like, fucking drugs on him or something. Yeah. Or drunk driving about, as a teen. Or drunk like, driving as a teen. Yeah. So he probably is in jail, you know, like, sleeping it off at least. Yeah. Um, but no, the, it's just he just didn't want to go. <laughs> He's like, uh, I'll pass. This doesn't seem like the time to meet your parents. <laughs> Which, fair. You know, that's fair. <laughs> After everything we've heard about her mother, that wouldn't have I gone would over well. Yeah. Uh, but this does cause Hallie to realize it is time to break up with Macon. He's he's just, he's not, he's not a good boyfriend. He's bad. He's, he's bad. bad. He pressures you to have sex. And, 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 and gets you he doesn't hurt. come to the hospital. Physically hurt. He doesn't care. Uh, anyway, let me get part three of the book. I forgot to mention this book is broken up into different parts. Why? IDK. Just vibes. Just vibes. You could just read it and not have it split into three parts, and that would also be fine. But part three starts. Hallie is breaking up with Macon. He sneaks over to her house one night to be like, hey, I haven't been able to get a hold of you. And Hallie's like, yeah, we're breaking Cell up. phones haven't been invented yet. Yeah, cell phones have not been invented. And also, Hallie doesn't want to talk to you, Macon. <laughs> you did not... <laughs> want to go to the hospital to see her um hallie's mom so hallie breaks up with him and macon like slumps away and then um hallie goes back into the home and of course mom is there and she's like i cannot believe you are still seeing that boy after what he has done with you hallie you are such a piece of shit and then hallie's like mom no shut the fuck up i just broke up with him stop making assumptions about me let me talk every once in a while and also let me learn from my own goddamn mistakes and then mom kind of shuts the fuck up for the rest of the book and doesn't say anything. <laughs> it's perfect for everybody. But it's still sort of in the background being annoying, right? Like she's still yeah, like she's still pressures she still pressures Hallie to go to prom with Noah. Yeah, like which ew. 
That's the thing. Okay, so they're like at dinner and uh, they start talking about prom and Hallie ha- doesn't have anyone to go with and mom mentions that. And and then her mom's best friend is like, oh, no, one doesn't have anyone to go with either. And then suddenly they're going to prom together. Why don't you just continue to say, no, thank you. I don't want to go to prom with my ex-boyfriend. Right. I would also like to point out that sometimes, not sometimes, moms, don't try to matchmake your high school age kids. It's Please. not going to go well. Um, I say this as someone whose mother was like insistent that I should go out with this guy in high school who unbeknownst to her was like the school drug dealer but she just loved him because he played violin like she was just his biggest fan what Um, was his name drop it here i won't tell anyone oh i've never heard uh, him talk about him before (laughs) she always she's like you should go out with he's so cute and i'm like first of all as if it's that easy to just decide right exactly exactly like he was a year older than me no thank you also he's a drug dealer mom and right like it's like i'm not gonna like just understand that if your kid says no about something there might be some some layer of the high school experience that they don't necessarily feel like you need to know about like he's a drug dealer he sexually harasses me he's a weirdo um everyone in school makes fun of him like any of those i'm not attracted to him i'm not attracted to him any of those they maybe don't want to get into with their mom but it's still a valid reason to not date someone yeah yeah please please stop (laughs) pressuring your child to be in a relationship with someone that you chose that's that's some weird arranged relationship stuff we just unless that is part of your culture and you agree to it that's fine you have to agree to it you can't you have to agree to it just have it thrust upon you yeah uh so there's prom night yeah let's just skip to prom night (laughs) nothing else matters they go to prom scarlet's almost due she seems to want to to do this as a last hurrah before the baby arrives and i think they do use the words like something like before she has no more freedom like this is her last night to just be a kid (laughs) which i was like that's real (laughs) sad That's, that's real like okay um scarlet goes to prom with cameron and Hallie is roped into going with Noah as we sat her ex. Noah decides the best the best way to uh, impress a girl you're taking to prom is to get very drunk, behave inappropriately, talk shit to her, and then rip her dress before they even get into the school so that it is unwearable. I need to talk about this dress situation because it's one of the most wild dress situations we've seen since, like, Wonder Woman and the sword down the dress. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, because, as you say... They're out in the parking lot, and he's being a drunken asshole. And um, I'm trying to find the the yes. Uh, he he down the last wall of his stash, dropped the container on the sidewalk, and reached out to grab me. Instead, he got my dress, tearing it at the waist. I felt cool air on my back and legs, and stopped walking. Okay. How did he, did he rip this dress horizontally or vertically? Number one. This is my first question. Yeah. I'm imagining like it created a little butt flap. Which, how did he do that? Does <laughs> he have wolf, Does he have Wolverine claws? Because there's not Perhaps. a seam there that you could like rip in such a, because she does say later she's mooning someone. So it, it, it yeah. implies her butt is exposed. So I was like, perhaps he ripped it at the waist straight down a seam. But like again, how did he get in there? Don't know. Maybe so it's, it's like a two wild... separate, like the the top and the skirt were sewn together. Yes, but then follow follow that along. How do you how do you get your hands in such a way 
that that rips. Because it doesn't it's only made of lace. I don't know. I lace guess. was very big in that time. I don't know, man. I don't know. Let's I'm going to Google prom dress 1998. Continuing, he had something white and shiny, formerly part of my dress in his hands. So he rips off a segment of dress, uh-huh. which implies that it's like he takes a whole patch of it. How a did he full do that? panel of the back of the dress. How I don't know do how this? he did that. Did this? It's wild. It doesn't make any sense. But then she says, um, as she goes on, Scar- uh, I had money and could easily call a cab, but Scarlet would worry. I knew, so I bunched together the back of my dress, holding it that way, and went to tell her myself. So how is she holding this dress? What is she bunching together? Is the dress so big that she could just like? He was there material to spare. I it's a very good question because I think of when I think of a like a formal gown from the nineties, mm-hmm. it's either just like a solid co- color like sheath dress, like very plain, maybe spaghetti straps, you know, or something like lacy. Uh, I just I don't this is, is <laughs> what is the this? closest I'm coming to imagining it is is like you said that it's like a bodice piece and a skirt piece. Yeah. And he ripped, so basically taking the back into two, like a, like she's wearing a shirt and a, a, a um, skirt, right? Yeah. But then how? what's, what's the chunk that he took with what him? Chunk? How do you just take a chunk? But then she goes into the bathroom and meets up with another girl, Melissa Ringley, who hasn't really been talked about at all until this point in the book. Um, but Melissa has... Bobby takes the bobby pins out of her hair um, and stabs it into the dress in order to hold it together. How, though? What are you talking about? What does that even mean? I don't. Bobby pins? They can't do that. that They don't. As someone who is very clumsy and has ripped clothes like uniforms before and needed to fix them in a pinch and had bobby pins on hand, I can tell you for a fact, bobby pins do not hold clothes together because I've tried it. They hardly hold the hair together if you have thick hair. Like it's it's simply it's simply does not stand. But apparently she she fixes this dress with bobby pins enough to serve as she goes out back onto the dance floor sarah doesn't not know what a bobby pin is (laughs) it makes no sense uh draw us a picture of what you think this is (laughs) (laughs) like i'm picturing it like with safety pins you know like that punk safety pin sort of thing yeah but it's bobby pins and they don't do that no 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 matter how much you stab them into the dress Uh, and they're open-ended they will fall out absolutely (laughs) You could maybe hold a hem together with a bobby pin, but that's not what's happening here. She's attaching a chunk of dress back to the majority of the dress. Uh, With a chunk of dress missing because it's in his hand. She doesn't try to. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, no. This whole thing. No. 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 (laughs) No. Anyway, she's starting to fix the dress. (laughs) Scarlet's water breaks and they have to go to the hospital to deliver the baby. Um, But how are they going to get there? They took a limo to prom and the limo was gone and won't be back until after prom. How will they get to the hospital? Someone calls an ambulance. Scarlett's like, no, I'm not getting in an ambulance. Guess who shows up in his pickup truck with his new girlfriend, Elizabeth Gunderson? It's Megan Faulkner. Was it a pickup truck? I don't know. That's why I imagined him <laughs> driving. Because he, like, revs his engine a lot and, like, is a very noisy driver in general. I know they they said it was a different car for the prom. Mm. Maybe, but I did maybe not he got picture a nice car for prom. I just always I mean, imagined I... him in a pickup truck. Okay, he I guess pickup truck. trucks can have back seats. Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah. <laughs> Uh, they get in. He's like, hey, hop a ride with us. I'll take you to the hospital. Uh, also, he's apparently now desperately in love with Hallie and hates that they broke up. This is straight from Elizabeth Gunderson's mouth herself. She told Hallie this in the bathroom, maybe. I don't know. While they were fixing the dress. While they were fixing the dress. She was like, you know, Megan still loves you. And Hallie's like, okay. And she's like, no, like, really loves you. And Hallie's like, I don't care. I don't care. I broke up with him. <laughs> uh, and then the baby arrives. And, and Scarlett names the baby Grace Hallie. And okay. half the school showed up to the hospital and cheers when they announced the birth. The end. And uh, her boyfriend's mom, mom and his LARP group all show up too. Yeah, and she's LARPing now too. Yeah, and, and Hallie's oh, and- mom shows up to the hospital because Hallie's having a little yeah. bit of freak out, and she's like, "Go back inside." And she goes, and it's like, "It's okay, Scarlett, you got this." And talks Scarlett through the birth, and I guess that means that she's forgiven for all of the bullshit she's done I this entire it. book. Also, I will I will say though that Hallie calls her at home first, mm-hmm. and, she and she's goes, a bitch. What are you doing? Noah is drunk. Where are you? I he's already in trouble with his mom, and now you're about to be in trouble with me. And Hallie's like, "You've mom, gotten this good, up. good boy drunk." Scarlet is in the hospital. The baby is here. Okay, so annoying. Terrible. So I hate it. I hate it. Mm-hmm. That's the end. She has the baby. I thought you know. Maybe at least we would get something from like Scarlet and Hallie about like because they kind of have a fight and they never really deal with it, right? And I I thought maybe like Scarlet and Hallie would talk it. I out, don't at least. talk it out, and then also maybe like we would get some sort of indication re Hallie's plans towards mm-hmm. Scarlet and the baby. Like, is she planning to help support them? Oh, like, is she gonna be like? Anyway, my friend is a baby, and so now I never see her. It's really a shame how far apart we've fallen. I had to go to college, and she had to spend all of her college money on the baby. Yeah, can you believe she didn't come with me to college? Deal breaker. Yeah. Like, (laughs) I I mean, like, I'm not expecting a 16-year-old to to be like, I will stand by you and this baby forever. And there's kind of, like, some indication that, like, uh, Scarlett will say stuff like, please don't leave me. And Hallie would be like, I'm going to stay, you know, and whatever, yeah. which like you could kind of extrapolate to be like forever. But I, I, if you want to sell it on like this is about the relationship between Scarlett and Hallie and the baby, like you need to have Hallie make some sort of commitment to that. Um, not not like I will marry you and raise this baby as my own. But like, I don't know, discuss how it will impact her life in some way instead of just kind of being like, well, Scarlet's life is shit now. Yep. No more freedom for her. Sorry. It really does just feel like this was a story about Scarlet and Hallie was just kind of here to comment. Yeah, which. OK. You know what I want? I wish this book had done was like put it in Scarlet's POV, but then like make it a humorous discussion. Like not like make fun of it. Don't make it satirical, but like give it a sense of humor where a teen is going through this situation, but can still be positive or find some like I'm laughing because if I don't, I'll cry sort of situation. So you wanted to read Juno. Oh, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no. Uh, yeah. On that note, um, <laughs> next week we'll be reading uh, something else that's not Juno. It what is, is in it? fact, a Warrior Cats book. Which one? Uh, we'll be back with a Meow Meow Monday with Warrior Cats five. number five, Twilight. Twilight. Uh, so check that out. The mm-hmm. week after that, we'll be wrapping up our domestic thriller What have you unit. found? What have you found um, for me? I did... So we didn't talk about this on the podcast, but um, yeah. 
We forgot, guys. We forgot. But Anna said that what she wanted in an upcoming book was uh, no no incest, mm-hmm. likable character, mm-hmm. and uh, ending? And ending, yeah. An, an ending, ending that it's not like read on to find out or IDK what happened. What do you think? No, just like tell me the solution to the thrill. Unthrill me at the end. <laughs> So I have, uh, I had a few options, but the one I settled on, I feel like, okay, I picked this book because it seems like there's multiple characters in a way that the other ones kind of have been more focused on like one or two yeah. characters. And if you hate so them, I'm, game over. Yeah. So I'm hoping that with this, there will be kind of like more possible people that we might like. Okay. Um, okay. However... Uh-oh. One there of the incest. like, well, no, I, <laughs> no, I saw that in one of like one of the quotes that got highlighted a lot. I'm not going to say specific so as not to spoil it, okay. but it seems like there might be a teen pregnancy, which I'm like, oh, okay. if this is about like if this is a thriller, is that going to be an incest baby? Ooh, I'm worried. But I didn't see any tags warning of incest, so hopefully okay. we're good. Um, But the book that we're going to go with is The Family Upstairs by Lisa Jewell. Okay. I've heard some good things about Lisa Jewell. Um, Basically, woman who doesn't know her past gets a letter that, I guess, explains her past. So she goes back to the house. She inherits their house. So she goes and there's mysteries in the house. Interesting. Fun. Excellent. Very domestic house involved. Awesome. I, I'm actually, you know, I'm kind of looking forward to this one. I've, I've, I've read a lot of good things about Lisa Jewell, but from people who frequently read thrillers. So I'm, mm. I'm interested to see, like, are they correct? Is she the queen of this genre? Um, or is it just, it's hashtag just thriller things and I'm not going to get it. So. I will say the thing I've come to realize about domestic thrillers specifically is that basically all of them are like the noun of some sort of family name Uh and then place so it's like the wife next door or the husband under the the floor the girl on the train the family upstairs the mother-in-law you know yeah um all of these and they kind of all started to sound the same after a minute so eventually i just had to pick one yeah yeah (laughs) totally valid well cool uh excited for that in the meantime if there are any books or units you would like us to cover on the podcast you can either tweet at us at shelf aware cast or email us shelf aware cast at gmail.com as always thank you to ben cope for the use of our theme song you can check out his youtube channel in our show notes below we are also on all of your favorite podcast aggregating platforms so if you haven't followed or subscribed to us on one of those you definitely should uh no more incest in the near future Knock on wood. Yeah, knock on wood. We're not surprised by it in a couple weeks. I guess you will be too if you subscribe. Go on that journey with us. If you use Apple Podcasts or Spotify, we'd very much appreciate a five-star review. But if you don't, that's all right because you are allowed to talk about us anywhere on the internet you like. In the words of Sarah Desson, can I have some drugs, please? (laughs) Is that really a quote from this book? Yeah, it's when she's in the hospital having the baby. (laughs) Oh.